Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Well, hey, Connect. Uh, my name is Chris. We haven't had a chance to meet yet. So glad you decided to join us this Memorial Day weekend. We're kind of between teaching series, but I'm really excited to share this message with you. Uh, summer's upon us. Like, it's here. Finally, after uh, spring, we kind of had some crazy weather this year, some really cold days. We've had a lot of rain as of late. Well, I'm hoping for blue skies this summer. Because I've got some things I'm hoping to do. Uh, I want to get out on my mountain bike. I've been out once already, realized I did not do enough cardio this winter. I'm hopeful for some park days, some pool days with our girls. Our family's got a couple family trips planned. A couple weeks here, we're going to be going up to Copper with Amanda's family for a long weekend. And then in uh, two months or so, my whole family's coming out here. We're going up to Breckenridge for a week. And just looking forward to the time with family, with friends. Summer's a great time. And it's a great time to live in Colorado. Like you probably have some plans, some things you're excited about. And I hope you have a great summer. I really do. It's a good time to live in Colorado. I mean, it's a privilege to live here, whether it's hiking in the Rockies or going to a Rockies game. Summer's a good time. It's a real good time. And our rhythm of life just looks different in the summer. School's out. Weather's warmer, days are longer, and we all want to have a great summer, but how do we make the most of summer? That's what I want to talk about this Memorial Day weekend, because yeah, we could all have a great summer, but we have an opportunity to make the most of summer, especially if we can take a moment on the front end and reflect on what would that even look like? And to do so, I want to take a look at a day from the life of Jesus. If you got a Bible with you, we're going to be in Luke 19, 1 through 27, looking at two accounts that don't always get taught together, but they're actually, it was one day in the life of Jesus, and the second account is Jesus just building upon the story that we're going to read. If you need a Bible, place to take notes. We have a church app. You can do so there. Now, today, I want to propose to you that to make the most of summer, we've got to be about what Jesus was about. It's profound, I know. But I can't wait to share this with you because I think that living in Colorado presents some opportunities for us to follow Jesus, not just in a faithful way, but also in a fun way this summer. So let's do this. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. And let's just ask that God speak to us. Lord, uh, we come before you thankful for the state that we live in, thankful for the season that we're entering into, and we would ask that right now on the front end, you would speak to us, each one of us, regarding how we can make the most of summer with you. So would you speak to us through your word? Would you speak to us through this message? And would you give us the courage and the faith to follow as you call us to follow? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the day in the life of Jesus that we're going to take a look at was about a week before he died on the cross. Luke was a historian, doctor in the first century, and he wrote down the account this way, beginning in Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. 
A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem where he would upend the tables of the money changers in the temple. He would teach in the temple courts. He'd get together with his closest friends to celebrate Passover, all of which was leading up to his arrest, crucifixion, and ultimately his resurrection. Jesus had a lot going on. He had places to be, things to do, people to be with, a world to save. And yet, Jesus slowed down for the one that everyone else was avoiding. He slowed down for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a, a chief tax collector, meaning he was a Jew working for the Roman government and his people hated him. He's a traitor, he's working for the enemy. He's a crook. Tax collectors would often upcharge their own people to pad their personal pockets. It's no wonder that his, his fellow Jews wanted nothing to do with him. And yet here is Jesus, who's passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, where he's got a lot on the docket, and yet he stops for the one. And he spends the day with him. Uh, we kicked off the year sharing the, the vision of, of how God loves everyone. And because God loves everyone and wants a relationship with everyone, we've got to be for the one, the one who is far from God. We've got to be for them. That's who Jesus came for, and that's who we should be for, who we should love. And then what we've done over the last couple months is we've tracked with the story of God through Scripture, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, hitting the high points of the story. And what we've seen is that the story of Scripture is simply the story of our loving God, pursuing a restored relationship with us. And when God's story becomes our story, we get to join him in his work. We get to join him in connecting those who are still disconnected. And all the while, we've been praying for one. We write the names up there, every service, people in our life who don't know Jesus, that we wanna know Jesus. And we pray for those names. We pray for them on Sundays. We pray for them in our meetings. We pray for them in our community groups. Some of us are even asking God every single morning for one person to share his love with each day. We are a church who prays for one, but how interruptible are you? How, inter how interruptible are you? Because I'm not as interruptible as I want to be. Uh, it's a bit embarrassing to share with you, but it is true, so I'll share this with you. Uh, about a month ago, I went on a walk with Chloe and Abigail, our younger two girls. 
Amanda and Hannah, they were off at piano lessons. I had at least 45 minutes before I needed to make dinner. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna get out. Let's go for a walk around the neighborhood. And I walk down my driveway and I see two of my neighbors on the sidewalk. I, I make eye contact with them, I wave to them, and then I cross the street to avoid talking to them. I came up with some excuse like, I don't have time. I had plenty of time. I just, I didn't wanna take the time. That's what was really taking place. I, I, I prayed for them. That week, I prayed for opportunities to share God's love with those, those two people on the sidewalk. God presented an opportunity for me to listen to them, and I avoided them. How interruptible are you? At work, at the store, at Starbucks. In the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer writes this. Corey Tinboom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. There's truth in that. Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut off our connection to God, to other people, and even to your own soul. He later concludes this, the solution to an over-busy life is not more time. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. Busyness all too often distracts us from the one who's slightly inconvenient, the one that maybe we don't want to spend time with, the one that others might be avoiding. Busyness stands in the way and it prevents us from loving well. But if we're to love like Jesus, we've got to slow down. We've got to be interruptible. We've got to be willing to pause and to be present with whoever's right in front of us. Uh, Jesus gave Zacchaeus the honor of hosting him in his home. In so doing, Jesus was accepting Zacchaeus, even though no one else would. Well, what everyone else did do, oh, they muttered. They, the text says, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. That's what they're, they're muttering to one another. They missed it. They completely misunderstood why Jesus came. They're all concerned that he's spending time with tax collectors and sinners. But Zacchaeus didn't miss it. Zacchaeus, having experienced it, he, he needed it. He needed Jesus. He needed God's love. So he received it. And having experienced this unconditional love expressed to him by Jesus, Zacchaeus did two things as evidence of this newfound faith in Jesus. And the text tells us this. It says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Zacchaeus' faith in Jesus was evidenced by two things. He declares Jesus is Lord. He acknowledges that Jesus is Lord, the one he's going to follow. And he wasted no time doing it. He demonstrates repentance. You see, in, in the original language the Bible is written, repentance connotes. It's like a 180. It's like you, they were, we're going in one direction, stop, we turn, we receive God's forgiveness expressed to us in Jesus, and then we start to follow Jesus. What Zacchaeus did here demonstrates that repentance. He's no longer going to steal from people. He says, no, Jesus, I'm going to pay him back. I, 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 the law, the Jewish law said you had to pay back someone 1.2 times what you stole. Zacchaeus is like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to do four times what I stole. 
And I'm going to give to the poor too. I'm going to live radically generous. Why? Because Jesus is now Lord of his life. And he wasted no time living like it. If you've ever felt like or thought to yourself, like, I'm just too far gone for God. Like, maybe those other people who have their life put together, maybe God works for them, but, but God wouldn't want anything to do with me. Be encouraged by this passage. This is John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loves you. He loves you so much. He wants a relationship with you, and he sent his one and only son to make that possible. And Jesus died on the cross to offer you forgiveness for your sins. So yeah, apart from Jesus, you're not good enough for God. But with Jesus, you are. And that's all of our story. We all need Jesus. And Zacchaeus was experiencing this. If you want to follow Jesus like Zacchaeus, it's very simple. Declare that Jesus is Lord. Acknowledge that that is true and you're going to follow him with your life and repent of your sin. If you want to follow Jesus, we're here to help. If you want to talk to someone about following Jesus, I'd love to talk to you after the service. If you want to start following Jesus and, and do what we see in Scripture and you want to get baptized as an outward expression of that spiritual reality, hey, we'd love to help you take that step too. Whatever it is, we're here as a church to help you grow in your following of Jesus. So you can let us know on your Connect card what's going on spiritually. You can come see one of us after service. We would love to talk with you. A week from Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus wanted everyone, Zacchaeus, his disciples, all those who were muttering around, he wanted everyone to know, this is why I came. This is why I'm here. And he said it like this in verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. His mission was a search and rescue mission. Jesus is the great physician. He came for the sick, not for the healthy. He's the savior of the world. He came for sinners like you and me, not those righteous people who think they've got it all together. Jesus came for us. He came so that we can have a relationship with God. He came to seek and to save us. And like the good shepherd, Jesus basically left the 99 to find the one, the one who was hurting, who was lost, who was broken, who was disconnected. And why would Jesus do that? Well, he did it because he knows heaven parties every single time one person repents of their sin and receives a relationship with God. Every single time, heaven just goes crazy. And Jesus loves throwing parties, so he came for the one. And now as a church, Jesus' mission is our mission. Like we exist as a church to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. If our goal was to be a big church, the fastest way to become a big church is to go grab the 99 from other churches and invite them to leave theirs and come to ours. Our goal is not to be a big church. Our goal is to have a big impact, an eternal impact, where one more person can experience life with Jesus. 
the, the lost being found, the disconnected getting connected. So whether we are, we're small, we're medium, we're large, we're mega, it doesn't, whatever size we are as a church, Jesus' mission is our mission. It will always be our mission because heaven and hell are real. Tomorrow is not a guarantee. So we're going to love the one far from God today. We, we need to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, being willing to, to put down our plans and pursue God's purposes because they matter. They matter to God and they matter to us. Jesus' mission is our mission, so make Jesus' mission your mission. Uh, Jesus went on to share a parable to illustrate this principle that we should be about our master's business. And he, he said it. It's a bit of a longer parable, but I want to read the whole thing so you can see it in its, in its whole you know, form. Picking up verse 11. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas, minas. You know, where, where I'm from, people would think it's minas. I'm from Maine. Minas, let's go with that. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he went for the servants, uh, then he sent, excuse me, sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your minna has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, sir, your minna has earned five more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your minna. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit? so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. It's like, come on, man. Then he said to those standing by, take his minna away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to, do, uh, to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Whoa. That just got intense. So what's going on here? Well, Jesus is the king in this parable. He came to earth. Some followed him. Many rejected him. And he has entrusted those who followed him with something. And he wants them to do something with what he's given them. He wants them to be about his purposes so that when he comes back, because Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's going to ask his servants, what'd you do with what I gave you? And those who had rejected Jesus previously will be rejected by him then. And they'll receive what they asked for, life apart from God forever. We call it hell eternal separation from God. 
Now, when Jesus shared this parable at this point in his ministry, it was because there were people around him who were saying, hey, now's the time. Like, it's going to happen. He's coming to Jerusalem. They thought he's going to take on Rome. He's going to free the Israelites. Now it's go time. But Jesus shared this because he had a bigger purpose to accomplish. The, the kingdom wasn't going to come all at once. Jesus had been ushering in the kingdom of God his whole ministry. But Jesus knew that he was about to go to heaven. And he was going to leave his people with his purposes to accomplish. And he wanted to tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable for what you do with what I give you. The same is true for us. If we know Jesus, we're going to be held accountable for what he's entrusted to us. Uh, you see, recognizing Jesus is our Lord, Jesus is our King, it is good, and we should live like it. Our lives should look different. Uh, if we should be about our Lord, our King's business. Now, often what we do at this point is we wonder, okay, has he given me 10, 5, or 1? And coupled with our great American dream, we want more. If we've got one, we wish it were five. If we have five, we wish it were 10. All the while, we're totally missing his point. It has nothing to do with it. What, what he does have to do with is what are we going to do with what he's given us? Whether it's one, whether it's five, whether it's 10. Jesus isn't going to hold us accountable for other people's things, but he is going to hold us accountable for what he's entrusted to each of us. Now, what's he entrusted to us? Well, he has given us time. The crazy thing in life, we all have different amounts of like everything else, but time we've all got the same amount. You can be a student, stay-at-home mom, salesman, business owner, pastor, president of the United States. Like we all got 24 hours a day. So what are you doing with yours? Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Now, in an effort to be a little bit more like Jesus and to build relationships with those around us, our family's trying something new this summer. We bought a fire pit, and we're doing fire pit Fridays. Any Friday that we're in town, the weather's nice, we're just putting the fire pit out on our driveway, and we're doing s'mores. Our girls love it because of all the s'mores. We're hoping it creates some fun memories for them. And we're also hoping that because we're doing it on the driveway, we're gonna build some relationships with our neighbors. We had a great conversation with Jeff and Shane on this past Friday night. It was awesome. Wouldn't have happened though, if we weren't out in our driveway. Feel free to steal this idea, okay? It's not patented yet or trademarked, whatever, you know? Take it, go build relationships with the people around you. Because like Jesus, we're going to be intentional with the time we have, which sometimes means just slowing down a bit, being present with those around us, especially those far from God. So he's given us time. What else has he given us? Well, he's given us talent. We all have some ability, okay? Maybe you're good at landscaping. Maybe you're great with kids. Maybe you like to be active and athletic. Like whatever your thing is, what would it look like for you to take that talent and use it to love those far from God? And you don't need to like overthink this. If they need landscaping done, just offer to help. If they've got kids and you love hanging out with kids, offer to take their kids to the park. If you like being active, go for a hike, but bring someone with you. Go, go play ball, whatever the thing is. No one ever said following Jesus has to be boring. So embrace summer and use whatever talent you have and use it to love those around you. 
Now, we've all got time. We've got talent. You know what Jesus has also given us? He's given us treasure. Now, we don't like talking about money in church because it makes us uncomfortable. Always feels like the church wants our money. You know who didn't have a problem talking about money? Jesus. Jesus loved talking about money. It's like kingdom of God and then money. He loved talking about money. The reason being, he doesn't need our money. He wants our heart. And what Jesus knows is that our, our heart and our money, they go hand in hand. As goes our heart, so goes our money. And Jesus wants our heart. And that should be evidenced by what we do with the money he's entrusted to us. So whether it's stewarding it or investing it, we should do that in a way that's honoring to him. He's coming back and he's going to ask, what did you do with what I've given you? And how did you advance my purposes? His purpose being so clear to seek and save the lost. And his purpose is so clear. And then what we see through the rest of scripture is that God's plan A to do that in Jesus' physical absence now that he's in heaven, it's the local church. That's God's plan to, to express his love to the world so that more people can know Jesus. It's supposed to be the local church. That's plan A. There isn't a plan B in scripture. And that's why Amanda and I joyfully give back to God through Connect Church because we want to be a part of this mission. We want to be a part of God's work here in South Denver. We can't think of a greater investment to make because yeah, a 401k is nice, Roth, all of the things, they're so great, but here's the deal. Hearses don't pull U-Hauls, but eternity lasts a really long time. And I hope that we can spend eternity together and I hope those in our lives can spend it with us too because of Jesus. But between now and then, how are we gonna steward what he's given us? Our time, our talent, our treasure. Jesus is good. He is real good. We love getting to be a part of his work. And his mission is our mission. Now, one way that you could make his mission your mission is you could link arms with us this summer and let's seek to bless those in our community. Bless is just like an acronym that we use, helps us practically think through what are some ways that we can love those far from God. B, begin with prayer. We're going to, in July, we're doing 21 days of prayer this summer. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a different angle from years past, but it's still, we're going we're gonna to lean into prayer and we're going to grow in prayer. Uh, we're going to listen this summer. So we're going to join in on some of the City of Lone Trees events in hopes of meeting some new people, getting to know them, building relationship, listening to them. Uh, we're, we love to eat, right? First Sunday of the month, we do Let's Connect. Well, this summer, they're summer-themed, Let's Connects. Great opportunity. If someone moves to the area and they're looking to get more connected, or you just want to get more connected, Let's Connect. First Sunday of every month, which happens to be next Sunday. We're going to come together and we're going to enjoy it. Summertime. Uh, we're going to serve. We're going to serve alongside the city of Lone Tree. We're going to serve with local nonprofits because we want God's love to extend into our community through the church. And we're going to share Jesus. Oh, we're going to share Jesus. Starting next week, we're kicking off this series. It's going to be just for the month of June called At Odds with God. We're going through the book of Jonah. And if you have ever wanted to turn your back on God or, or felt tension or friction with God, or you know someone who has, maybe someone who's deconstructed their faith, they should join us, you should join us for this series because we're going to see God loves us and 
He wants to include us in extending that love to even our enemies. Isn't that so fun? We're going there, though, because that's where Scripture goes. Now, here's, here's the other thing I want to encourage you with. All right, if you want, to, you want to partner with us this summer as we're seeking to, to be a blessing, to love well, we're going to try something new. We've never done this before. It's just an experiment. But hey, we live in Colorado, and we're going to embrace it. So we're trying something called summer hangouts. Our rhythm of life already looks different from Memorial Day to Labor Day. So why not hang out on purpose? That's what we're going to do this summer. And summer hangouts simply are designed to connect people inside and outside the church around a common interest. We've got a bunch of them. You, you can see them all on the app. Uh, I'm going to be leading one. We're doing pickleball as soon as uh, these courts are finished. We're going to do pickleball on Sunday afternoons. And you guys, of course, are all invited. But I'm also inviting all the people I've met at pickleball um, over the last several months because I'd love for them to meet you. Who knows what God will do as we build relationships with one another. If pickleball's not your thing, hey, no worries. We've got like a handful plus of these hangouts, all kinds of interests in the app. You can easily send the leader an email right there from that, that little place in the app, and you can get on the loop, kept in the loop on when your, yours is happening, etc. And you don't have to be at every single one. Like, just go when you're available, you know? But enjoy it and enjoy being together and enjoy connecting with those who maybe they're not part of our church yet. And that's okay. You know, they might connect with us before they connect with Jesus, but oh, we hope they get to know Jesus because there's nothing better, nothing better. So this summer, let's not just like mix up our rhythm because the weather's nicer, school's out. Let's hang out on purpose. Let's be intentional. And let's let Jesus interrupt our rhythm to be about his purposes. He's coming back. We don't know when. But he'll come back, and when he does, he's going to ask, what would you do with what I've given you? And now we want to be people who reach the ones that no one's reaching. So if we're going to do that, we're going to have to try some things no one's doing, and we're going to have to go where no one else is going. You see, for the longest time, uh, the evangelism strategy in the church has been, hey, come to church, come to church. And we're going to keep inviting. That's great. God's just got more. There are people who might not be ready to come to church, but they'd love to hang out because they're very lonely. So we're just going to go meet them where they're at, and we're going to enjoy where we live. We're going to make the most of summer. Jesus' mission is our mission. So make Jesus' mission your mission. And when we do, we might just find that we start reaching the ones that no one's reaching. So the, the question for you is how will Jesus interrupt your summer. Let me pray for us. Lord, would you do just that? Would you interrupt our summer? Would we be interruptible like you? Would we pause? Would we slow down? Would we be present with whoever you put right in front of us? And would we love them well? Would your Holy Spirit empower us to love them well? And as they experience your love through us, would we get opportunities to share why we love them, not being because you love them. So we give this to you, and we ask that you would do far more than we could ask or imagine this summer. May we not disconnect this summer, but would we engage, and would we do so in a way that just makes sense with the rhythms of life this season? And when we see you move, would you grow us in our faith, and when we see many come to faith? And we ask this in your name, Jesus.